You don't need a license, you don't need anything, no flight experience needed because the drone flies you autonomous from, let's say, the beach back to your house. Uh, this is just amazing. This is one of the most amazing uh, ideas. Welcome back to Investing 404, the podcast by amateur investors for amateur investors. I'm Gov and I have Chris here with me. We've both been investing for over a year and we'd like to give an insight on how we analyze companies for investment. Right, today we will talk about the news. Um, something interesting is happening with Bitcoin. We'll talk about a 10-bagger that is one of the most futuristic one we've had on so far. And in the learning segment, we'll talk you through stop losses, the stop limit and buy orders you can do. Right, Goff, let's start with the news. Have you seen Bitcoin? Oh. It's crazy, right? It's gone up to 28,000 over the weekend. Amazing, right? We, we, we mentioned it last week uh, and how you know, you've already had a good rise from it. Uh, and straight off of the ha the hype hits. <laughs> you know what's funny on our and this is coming in the next episode if you're listening right now. But I was going to mention I think Bitcoin next year will go to the thirty thirty five k mark. And now I think I need to <laughs> revise my bet for the next episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I, interesting though, right? Because um, it's just so it's just like last time it happened so quickly. Uh, just super interesting to know like how you could even like hedge against it right yeah it's interesting so from what i've heard paypal and square alone are buying up everything newly mined um so any any coin that is newly mined is being bought up by those two companies so that means you know the supply is already restricted and then not many people are selling bitcoin right now because everyone's hoping for higher um, a higher cause. So I think any any new hedge fund or anyone else that wants to invest in Bitcoin then has to pay a premium. And it's just going to keep rising. But yeah, there, there's so much risk with it. Yeah, the other big move, um, Chris, is um, last week we were talking about the Brexit deal potentially coming through and we were expecting it. I mean, the, the day we were recording last week's podcast and um, it's come through now. So uh, what big changes do you expect um, off the back of that? Yeah, I don't want to give any spoilers away from our next episode, but I think um, this is finally going to give a push back to the pound and to UK equities. So, you know, the FTSE 100 is one of the worst performing uh, stock indexes in the world. And the FTSE 100 um, has the top 100 companies in the UK. It's just been underperforming by so much. So I think it's going to give a boost. I've heard the deal isn't that great for service companies. But just the fact that psychologically there's a deal here and there's a good relationship going forward um, should bring a lot of people back into the UK. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and it's interesting as well. Um, you know, one of the big things that was stalling that deal was the the, the fishing rights. And you think about how you think about how insignificant that is to uh, the British economy. It shows you kind of the UK feels like it can hold its strong ground on things that don't matter to it just purely because it just gives leveraging items later on down the line so it's just super interesting definitely check out there's some really good sources and websites that do some really nice analysis on how this um, um, deal would lead to changes in fy21 you know what i'm hoping um, i hope one day one of the insiders produces like a movie or something or like a TV show, eight parts of how the deal went down. Because it must have gone down like oh, House of Cards, like eight episodes of just intrigue, backstabbing, you know, going around 
things uh, than speaking to Boris all of a sudden. Uh, it must have been a crazy over the past few weeks, don't you think? Oh, for and sure. then fishing, like you say, such an insignificant little part. Um, like what, 0.5% of the GDP? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're talking about good sources of analysis. The BBC had a guy who did a really poor way of explaining it because he said 150th of 100th of a percent. And it's like, what? <laughs> Don't pull out two ratios at once. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and finally, um, I think the other big thing is uh, Trump not accepting the uh, bill that went through, right? So he wants it to be, I think, $2,000 per, per person rather than $600. And he's uh, firmly against the bill that's come up. So thoughts on that, Chris? It's Yeah. As you said last time, um, he's hanging on by a thread uh, with the power he has. I think it will go through whatever happens. They might bump it up a little bit more, but I think the negotiations took so long that they won't. Uh, they'll maybe just wait out until he's out of power, out of office. That's happening now, beginning of January, right? Or was it end of January? Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's it's end of January, but I'm also... In, be interesting to see the impact on the S and P five hundred, uh, which has just hit all time highs again. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that transition takes place. Yeah, we'll talk in more detail um, on the outlook for next year in our next episode. So, if you're interested in the what we think FY twenty one will look like, then listen in on the next one. Right, this week's learning is something we have learned over the past few years and used a lot this year <laughs> with all the volatility going on. It's um, stop losses, uh, stop limits, and different buy orders. Goff, do you want to give us a, an intro and how you've maybe used it over the past year? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think maybe uh, it'd be good to like just take a step back. So essentially, we don't we, we're covering just straight buys of shares and equities, right? We, we don't do any op option trading here. We're trying to keep it ex extremely simple for everyone to understand. Um, and by doing so, um, you have two ways essentially to buy shares um, in a company through any of these trading systems, right? We've mentioned in the last episode, eToro, Trading212, whatever this, essentially two ways. You have uh, market orders or essentially a mixture of limit orders or stop orders and what market orders are essentially is whatever the price the share is trading at you're saying you want to buy it at that price what that means is let's say a share is trading a hundred dollars right now you say i want to buy it for a hundred dollars uh, and you're trying to get it for a hundred you, you'll get it at whatever price gets available to you. So let's say there's a bit of a delay on whatever program you're using or the broker you're using, the price goes up to $101, well now suddenly you're paying $101 because you said you're just taking whatever the market rate is at that point in time. So that's like the market order. Uh, typically the market order gives a little bit more flexibility with in terms of like how much you can buy, The you can buy like fractional shares, that type of thing. Um, so it gives a lot more like flexibility, but obviously you've got the risk of the if if uh, a stock's changing quite quickly on being quite volatile, you might miss the bump and end up paying uh, five or six extra dollars for it, uh, just like I did previously with Inovia. 
And basically what, what Gov is describing is your, your standard buy button or your standard sell button on any broker. If you don't put any special other settings on there, your standard buys and sells are exactly at the price that you know, you, you're being given. You don't have much control over it. So if you do want a bit more control over your buy and sell orders, Gov, what, what do you have to do? Yeah, so, so it's interesting you ask about um, having a bit more control, Chris. Um, essentially, when you're having a bit, when you say you want control, you're trying to buy or sell in a specific price point or a range of price points. Um, and maybe it's easier to explain if we first start with, say, the buy orders, uh, and then we can maybe go into the sell orders. But let's say we go into the buy orders. You have a couple of different types. So you have a limit order, uh, which is the maximum you're willing to pay for a share. So essentially, uh, say the share is $100, you say if I'm not gonna pay any more than let's say $95. And what happens then is you'll never execute, the trade will not execute till the price comes down to $95. So so this a good example of this is if a stock's had a big rise up and you can see it retracing and coming down, but you feel like I don't want to miss a point where it comes and it could maybe hit some support level and rise back again. So, so let's say um, a, a share's risen up, like I said, up to 100, and you feel like it's it's coming down to 99 yesterday. It's going to drop down to 95, and I only want to get in if it gets to 95. If it doesn't get to 95, I'm not interested. If that's the case, then that's when you would set a, a limit or buy order. You essentially want to buy on a small correction and then jump on the train and ride it back up. Exactly that, Chris. Um, and essentially, look, most people swing trade and they just want to go with the trend, right? You're always trying to go with the trend. And if the trend's going up, and uh, Chris just mentioned it comes down a little bit, you're expecting it to go up, so you, you buy. So, I mean, uh, again, this is just the logic behind it. Um, please don't just see a stock sh drop 5% and think, oh, I'm in straight away because that's a great option. But... I'm just giving you the logic behind why you may use a, a limit buy order. The, the next one's um, stop orders. So let's stop a stop buy is pretty different, um, which is essentially that you're setting a price above the current price that you're willing to buy at. So let's say you're looking at something like a momentum stock and you're expecting uh, the share price when it does increase to increase strong. Right. And if you're doing that, you would set a stop buy order um, essentially above where it currently is at or you think it's going to start exploding at that specific rate. So if it's trading at 95 and you think once it hits to 100, it's going to keep rising really quickly. Boom. I just put in a stop buy at 100. And that's the most confusing one to understand. Right. Why would you ever want to buy something when it's higher than your current price? The way I think about it is that. Uh, look at Aston Martin and over the past uh, two years, a year, it's been dropping 90% and it never even tried to get back up. It never creeped back up. It just fell the entire time. Um, but then once the turnaround comes and you're speculating on a real turnaround or there's a technical thing that makes you think, oh, now it's going to turn around. Let me make sure if it rises by like 5p, then I'm in. If it carries on falling, I'm not in and I'm not incurring any losses. 
you're kind of betting on it turning around in most cases. Exactly, uh, exactly. And then you can get essentially a combination of the two uh, and that be called a, a stop limit. So essentially it's a range. So up, you're setting it's above a certain price and between a maximum of a certain price. So this could be a situation where let's say I uh, stock's jumping up and down a lot uh, and you're worried that by doing a market buy, you're going to miss your entry price massively. So you would do, let's say at $100, you would say, I'd buy anywhere from $99 to $101. And that way, all the, your, your shares are going to get bought only when it's within that range. On, on the buy side, I personally just use the limit buy. So the maximum price to pay for an order. And the reason I'm using that is I sometimes invest in these 10 baggers and there's not that many shares on the market. So if you just put a buy order in for 20 shares, some of them could be cheap and others could be, you know, 10, 20% more expensive because people are not willing to sell those. So a limit buy would protect me. I would put in my maximum price for this share is 20 pounds and then I'm getting all of them for 20 pounds or I'm getting just some of them for 20 pounds. So the price won't go up on that. Um, but I think personally, Goff, both of us mostly use the sell orders. So should we just go into stop losses, stop limit? Yeah, sure. So so in, in terms of the sell side, so a limit sell is essentially the minimum price you're willing to pay. Um, this is, again, just like the limit buy, it's essentially just the opposite of it. And you'd use it in similar circumstances. Uh, but the main one essentially is the stop sell. So... Um, so essentially, that that is setting a price below the current market price that converts it into a sell order, and this is used like I use this heavily in my portfolio. Um, and the reason I use it is, um, let's say again, a shares trading. Okay, let's let's take a real example. Airbnb trading at one hundred and fifty-five right now. I got in the mid one forties. Now, if I feel like it's going to crash very quickly, I don't want to take the brunt of it. I've set here a stop sell at 150. So if it gets to 150, it will sell my share and I still make a profit. So I still make a profit on the trade, but I don't get really hurt really bad if it crashes to 120 tomorrow morning. That's probably one of the most useful um, orders is the stop order on especially your speculative portfolio. However, keep in mind, once a market is closed, and the next morning, some horrendous news like Alibaba comes up where the Chinese government is investigating them. The price it will open at is then the new price. So your stop will hit. Even if the price of the stock is half, your stop will hit. If I don't want it to hit at a too low point, then we go into, I guess, the fourth type of. Yeah, so that's the stop limit. And we mentioned the stop limit for a buy where you want to buy only at a certain range and that's the same thing but for sale so you're only setting a range at which you're comfortable selling this for and like chris mentioned let's say it opens up and it's way below and you feel like oh now i don't want to sell at that at that rate because i'm going to make a huge loss and there's there's you think there's only upside potential from it well that's where you would use a stop limit so yeah exactly so I guess the two orders we use the most, Gov, just to um, repeat it for everyone, because it's not the easiest topic to get over a podcast, but the limit buy, and that's where we buy at a maximum price. So I see a 10-bagger, let's say the 10-bagger is Airbnb. 
I want to buy at 70. If it goes above 70, I'm not in. I don't think it's worth more than 70. And then the stop loss is where if Airbnb falls to 100, I want to put in a stop at 100 to make sure if it falls, falls below that, I'm not being hit. And then if it hits 100, it would sell immediately at whatever price it can get. Whenever you're learning something new, um, it's good to have a couple of resources in mind. And for stuff like this, something a little bit more technical, um, a good place to check is Investopedia. I mean, Investopedia has loads of diff different definitions, examples, et cetera, et cetera. It's just, I mean, if you're from a, uh, it's like stack overflow for like uh, software engineering, right? It's the same sort of concept. It's just they'll explain it, give a definition, maybe even ask, you can ask some questions and so on. So Investopedia is definitely a good resource to check on some of these technical terms. Um, so that's a good resource to have. And for our final segment, um, it's the 10 baggers. Chris, over to you, mate. Right, Goff, as per usual, I'm quite excited about this stock. It's the future of transportation. Are you oh, being hyped no. up? Feel good about this? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, uh, just a reminder, if you guys, if this is your first episode, 10 baggers are uh, stocks that could explode and rise or um, just crash and burn in the next five years. So what have you got? What's the future? <laughs> have you heard of a company called Ehang? E-H-A-N-G? <laughs> Did you just make this up? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's, actually, it's actually a Chinese company. So they produce passenger drones that can fly you anywhere you need to go. And they exist. They've been flown around in Korea. These are real life drones that exist, right? They are number one, autonomous. And number two, you can go in as like your taxi passenger and you don't need a license, you don't need anything, no flight experience needed because the drone flies you autonomous from, let's say, the beach back to your house. Uh, this is just amazing. This is one of the most amazing uh, ideas because it makes a lot of sense right in terms of like air travels already there's a lot of like autopilot and whatever but when i'm crossing even like one of those like um ski lifts if there isn't a person operating it i'm, I'm already stressed out so imagine <laughs> getting into a drone and it's moving me or uh autonomously i think i'd be quite scared but yeah carry on though chris because I, I do i do see a lot of future benefit here so and and maybe you have to compare to um the london tube or the tube in singapore but they are also mostly operated autonomous now right essentially it has more than eight propellers and if even one stalls or even two stall it can still fly and safely fly you to you know a rescue area so that's not a problem the main benefit right now and that's where it's being trialed at is tourism and logistics you know tourism flying people around an island and showing them around and then safely landing again or logistics so you know important vaccines things that have to be kept cold or need to get to a place that is remote very quickly you just lodge it into a passenger drone and it flies right there so those are the big short-term areas if you look at the long term it could completely change the mobility of a city rather than people taking the bus taxis or the tube they just get into these passenger drones and it drops you right outside your house or you could even buy your own ones or every single street corner has one it could be amazing right and also it's autonomous and much safer than autonomous cars because you're up in the sky. There isn't that much they have to avoid. There's not that many roads they need to follow. There's not a tree they can hit up there. I think this could really change uh, the way we live in the future. It's one of those groundbreaking ideas, but it has some 
problems of it right now. Number one, you know, cities are not set up for this. There's no landing spots. There's nothing for this. Um, it has a one billion market cap, and one billion, you know, that's that's bigger than some really established companies that earn a lot of money. Um, it's loss making, <laughs> so uh, there's almost no revenue. I think it's 120 million if I, when I last checked. And the fair value has probably gone way above right now. So it's been trading around 10 to $13. And now currently it's trading at around $26. So it's very, very risky. Yeah, with that, Chris, what's um, caused that? So uh, just checking through the share price right now. And in the last month, it's doubled from 13 to 26. What's been the big driver there? I think it's a, it's a couple of things. Uh, number one, I think just this general market hype on new ideas, new trends, uh, momentum stocks. Everyone wants the new idea. Uh, and you can see it across the board, right? Cloud stocks, clean energy. These are clean passenger drones. They fit right into the space. Uh, then they had test flights in Korea. So these prototypes actually uh, flew people around an island or flew people around so Seoul. And so it's not, it's not just a dream. It's something they have. They have these machines that actually fly and safely fly and land. And then um, a couple of announcements. So they have a few new models now coming in. So they have the, as I said, the passenger drone, then they have uh, the logistics. So I think 200 kilos, this drone can take to any place, short to medium distance. And then they have new applications like firefighting. You can imagine a city like New York, right? Where firefighters will have to go up the stairs or cranes or whatever. You just get a, a flying drone that fights the fire right there and then, or even wildfires. You know, there's so many applications that, that Ehan could jump into, so many different industries. Uh, I, I think it's a very exciting company. But again, as, as always, this company in 10 years could be worth nothing, zero, because it's a 10 bagger. It's, it's an idea. They need to prove it out and they need to get some deals. And then they need to get the trust of the people. As you heard with Goff saying, he wouldn't trust a, a, a drone that has been flown by no one. But saying that, saying that, Goff, I remember sitting in buses in Thailand, Vietnam, and I kept thinking, I hope this driver had one, a good night's sleep. He's not texting on his phone, but he was texting on his phone. Number three, he's hopefully not depressed or doing something else. You know, And you have that same thing with... Uh, anyone that's operating a machine, whereas with like an autonomous drone, I think I would quite trust it because it just flies you from point X to point Y. There's, I don't think there's too much risk with it unless people hack the entire system and then we'd be in trouble. But yeah. Yeah. And no, uh, yeah, I, I do think I, I do think I actually would trust it. It's just more um, a mental block, I guess, <laughs> in the short term. Uh, yeah, it'd be super interesting to do some more research, understand, for example, right now, how, let's say, some of these big helicopter manufacturers, how they've trended in the last month. So see if there's like a bit of a correlation there, because clearly this is going to impact them a lot, right? Um, so it'd be good to have a bit of research around that. But another exciting 10-bagger. Thank you, Chris. And, um, and join us again next time where we look at 2021, our outlook on next year. It's funny, it took me like five seconds to be like, wait, 20%? It's 20, yeah. Wow, that's quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs>